Welcome to Geek Exploration, uh, the off-topic Geek Explorenaut debrief. <laughs> yeah, that's what this is. Uh, I'm John Williams. I'm Ben Robinson, and uh, yeah, this is. The Wait, episode. you were supposed to kick it off. What was I doing? I don't know. You should have gone. Well, uh, it's too late now. Our fan is going to be so upset that we are just <laughs> mixing shit up like crazy. Wow, what a mess. Yeah. Um. So it's all uphill from here, John. Yeah. Uh, so how you been? Uh, not bad, I suppose. I mean, I had another week of work, and I've been working on the comic book and hanging out with the family, playing some GTA. Uh, we just got done recording with the Grand Rapidians, so yeah. forgive us if uh, if we're a couple beers deep and uh, a little sloppy, and a f- unlike and normal, and a fewer brain and a few brain cells poor, a fewer brain cells, cells yes, less head blah, blah, blah. taken up. Um, yeah, let's, uh, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. I, uh, I cleaned out my garage. Yeah, and it feels did. good. I've been learning, uh, learning how to use Unity, the, like the game programming thing, because my son wants to learn how to make games. And so we've been going through, we got like a humble bundle thing that had like a class on it. And uh, I've been going through that with him and, uh, it's been fun. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious to see if he, uh, I'd like him to follow through with it. It would be neat because like he kind of gets interested in things and then, you know, does the kid thing where they yeah. fade off, but does the thing we all did. Otherwise I'd be a, I'd be a professional saxophone player right now. Yeah. Right. So uh, I, I'm excited to see uh, if he carries through on it, like what he can, what he can make. I'd like to see what game he makes. Yeah. That'd be cool. Fuck. Yeah. Um, so weather talk, how's the weather? It's fucking lovely. Yeah. I disagree, but whatever. <laughs> real, real compelling uh, podcasting here yeah it's it's uh it's nicer than normal it certainly yeah. is not triple digits i'm yeah. not trying to take my uh take my shirt off here the fall is coming and i oh. couldn't be happier oh it'll be real nice in that like two weeks where it's really pleasant till it gets like butt ass cold but i will still take the butt ass cold mm-hmm. as opposed to the ball melting hot that we've had yeah, I'd rather have my butt assed than my balls melted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So what are we talking about this week? I have no idea. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> start out with uh, some comic book stuff, maybe? Sure. So uh, I don't know if you saw it. Uh, DC came out with their first webtoon. I certainly did not. Yeah, called The Wayne Family Adventures. Oh, Batman related, huh? Yeah. Oh, weird. Who'd have thought that yeah. that's the property they'd pick? I read through them. They're uh, they're pretty entertaining. I mean, they're goofy, kind of. They're web comic-y. Like they kind of fit. I think they fit in well with the rest of the web comic crew. Like one of them's about Alfred's post adventure cookies that he makes that are delicious, and them fighting over them. Okay, you know, it's basically got like all of the. All of the Bat family living in the manor together. Yeah, so is it the Bat family or the Wayne family? It's the Bat family. So there's no Thomas and Martha? No, they are very much dead still. Okay. Yeah, no. It's got, you know, as far as Wayne's, it's just Damien and Bruce. Okay. But then it's it's got, you know, Jason Todd and... Yeah, if you're counting wards as part of the Wayne family, then it's... it's got all the wards. (laughs) Uh, I saw, saw like, a a, a headline on CBR.com about how... It came out on September 8th, and it already has more subscribers than they've sold Batman books uh, in any month since 2019. <laughs> so I think in like, uh, it might have been August, they'd sold, you know, about 250,000 Batman books from the three main Batman titles. You know, Batman, 
Detective Comics and the other one. I mean, it's well, tough because there, there's a <laughs> shit ton of them right now, but the, I mean, the other uh, one with his name, uh, Urban Legends. Okay. They also restarted Legends of the Dark Knight uh, three or four months ago. Oh, yeah. Um, but wow, I'm surprised Urban Legends is selling that well. Oh, I don't, I know. I think Urban Legends only had like, it was the lowest. On oh, account. okay. It was that like, makes sense. It was like 40,000. It was like, like the 250 was all of them combined. They've got, you know, 500,000 subscribers on Webtoons already. So, uh, eh. I don't know how they monetize that. I know you can buy like Webtoon coins to, to get an early look at comics, but I've never done that because I don't care. I'll just wait till they come out and they're free. Yeah. Holy crap. But people do it. People pay for skins on Fortnite and people spend thousands of dollars on like mobile games. So there, there is a market there. You know, to be honest, the, the one reason why I am a member of uh, the With Gorley and Rust Patreon is because you get the episodes a week early. There was something, I think it was just my, my, um, my podcast app on my phone for some reason wasn't updating. And I was like, what the fuck? There's supposed to be a new episode. What the fuck is happening? And I was getting all aggro. So I was like, fine, I'll just join their fucking Patreon so I can listen to this fucking episode. And it popped up like the next day on my podcast app. And I'm like, well, now I'm a week ahead already. So I can't, I can't just wait two weeks before I listen to another episode. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> they got me whatever i enjoy their content i'll support them anyway it's good it's good car- karma note to self if we ever start a patreon just delay one of the releases so everyone gets all confused and goes on the patreon <laughs> and then they're stuck yeah and they also do like like feature length commentaries and um like all sorts of little games and stuff so it, it's worth it they they have i mean that's what they do as a part of their their professional income. So yeah, they that's what they devote their time to. You know, oh, that makes sense. Uh, I've got more free content than I could ever possibly consume without having to worry about paying for more. Yeah, but it's really good. I, I'm sure <laughs> it is. I mean, I guess I am a member of the A and D Patreon. That was, and that was mostly to get comic pages as they released back when they were doing that. And I just never canceled it. Oh, okay. Five bucks a month, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I've thought about doing it on a few other ones just to just to support them because they're podcasts I like. Yeah. So all you people out there, Ben's thought about supporting you, but decided <laughs> not to. <laughs> that makes it worse. <laughs> all right. Well, web comics. I'll go check it out. I guess it's maybe. free. Yeah, it's yeah, it's on yeah. Webtoon. Um, there's some other good stuff on Webtoon as well, so it's you know it's worth checking out. Yeah, I have a hard time reading comics. On my computer. I mean, I guess I do it on my iPad. So if I could just there's an app. I think to do it. There's a there's a webtoons i uh, app. Yeah, yeah. It's called Webtoons. That's a clever name. It's like I mean, that's like the the company's name. Like they, they've been around. They've got all kinds of different stuff on there. There's uh, I think I've subscribed to like seven or eight different comics on there right now. Yeah, and you can search through there and everything. Yeah, it's got a lot of a lot of like manga stuff and like weird uh like manga romance stuff is they're real big with which i have not read much of but i see it on there all the time but yeah i think i think i downloaded that app back when uh because i was reading blue chair and safely endangered which are fantastic webtoon colon comics uh yes that's it gotten bitchin more reading material more things to distract me but at least if i'm reading comics I feel like in some way I'm doing research or, you know, maybe I'll be inspired by something. Like I just, in this last week or two, I've read the Fear Agent series, 
because um, I'd never read it from beginning to end. I only read the chapters that had Tony Moore on the art. So there was huge chunks of story that I was missing. <laughs> but um, yeah, glad I made it through. So Benjamin, something you and I follow closely um, is the development of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe in its various forms. Yeah, I consider us He-Men. Yeah, we, we, are, we are He-Fans. Well, I finally... Uh, well, not finally, I guess it hasn't been out that long, but I went ahead and watched the first episode of the new Netflix series, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, the one that is uh, computer generated. Yeah, it's all kind of like, I don't want to say cyberpunk, but it's like, it looks like it's in like a high tech future kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. It's like more of a kid's show, it looked like. Yeah. And I think, oh, geez, I can't remember what they called it because they only said it once in the episode, but I think like... The world was like Eternios or like something like that. Like something that was like Eternia, but slightly different. Why would you bother changing that? I don't know. Um, there there are a few changes like that. It's, it's but... Eternios. He's a He-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Ha-Men. They fight an enemy called Manny Feces. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, Bonator. <laughs> um, well... After watching the trailer for this, I think we talked about it on a previous episode also. Like, it's definitely geared towards the kid folk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is the right way to point, you know, a show that's trying to boost toy sales, I think. Yeah. And this one is is full CGI. So I watched the first episode with my kid this morning. And surprisingly, I really liked it. Like, I understand that it is not, it's not my He-Man. Yeah. But it was entertaining. And I think, you know, what? if I wasn't sitting there watching it with my seven-year-old, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it as much, you know, but I was really excited for her to get into it as well. You know, there, there are some pretty decent sized changes, you know, but, but it's, um, like the design of that sword. Yeah. The sword design. I mean, the design of the characters in general, like Tila looks nothing and tila is basically the character in name only like her her yeah. entire character is completely different the way they're setting it up right now in the first episode like king randor's an asshole let's see there there is a duncan character but he's definitely not man at arms there's an evil lynn you know like cringer is now like an older wiser like tiger and then there's like a little a little kitten that's that's a frady cat that's his uh, nephew Oh, interesting. Like a scrappy do kind of thing. Yeah, Except yeah. in reverse. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Guts-wise in reverse, yeah. Um, but I was entertained by it. You know, and like like the design of He-Man and Skeletor and like the, the main big buff characters, like somebody pointed it out when we were talking about it with our friends, like it looks an awful lot design-wise like like my little beefies oh, just yeah. like where they are super top heavy giant biceps and giant torsos so there there's a part of me that goes like well fuck you know like ah uh, that was my shtick but another part of me says like oh hey look at that that looks pretty cool yeah you know? that's a that's a good kind of design validating. for he-man yeah like it fits like your he-man little beefy that one's solid like that like the there's a few of them where it it doesn't match like the like the Wonder Woman one How is dare a little you motherfucker is a little tougher to do but yeah. like the the He Man one like yeah yeah that that's what that's a good look for He Man dude women were so it were it was so hard to crack with little beefies because if I did them just standard little beefy style like they looked grotesque yeah like that that was the word that I that I had to use until I figured out a way to 
you know, make them a little more effeminate, even with the, with the beefy proportions. But, um, no, I mean, to be honest, I'm going to keep watching the show. Like it's, it really, it wasn't terrible. I don't think I would watch it without my kid, but I mean, I, to be honest, and if I may be so bold, I think I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed revelations. Really? Yeah. I think, I think it was just, it may, it gave me the perspective of revelations just being sort of tired. And like, like, I don't think revelations really knocked it out of the park anyway. And like the way, the way 2d, um, you know, like line art animation is these days, like it's kind of cheap. So seeing this like flashy, very well done, uh, CGI animation, 3d animation, you know, it, it, it impressed me. I, I wish I could have seen a traditional He-Man in 3d, you know, made by these guys. I think that would have been the way to bring He-Man back. I mean, when I saw the trailer, like it didn't look bad. Like it definitely looked kid oriented, but I mean, the impression I got was this is them trying to bring He-Man to a new generation who is interested in new things and whose experience is considerably different than ours when we were kids. Yeah. And so that makes perfect sense. They, you know, they want to sell this property to kids again and, and bring up another generation of people that love the property. Yeah. And uh, it didn't look like it was doing a bad job. Like, it, I'm not the de- the demographic. I'm not the target audience for this show, and I'm okay with that. But it didn't look bad. The impression I got was that it was going to be better than the He-Man that I loved when I was a kid. <laughs> because uh, that is, I can't even watch that. Yeah, it's real tough. It's terrible. And so the fact that our kids are getting a better quality product of a property that we love, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, I go back to what I said a second ago about how I wish I could have seen this team do a more classic He-Man, like, like their, their, their design style. And in the 3d animation, I think it could have been to modern audiences, what the like 2002, 2003 He-Man was, because that was true to the original, but elevated for some reason, this, this Kevin Smith one, um, revelations just, it doesn't feel elevated at all. It it feels, it just feels like a different version of something I've seen before, but it hasn't, but hasn't, um, brought anything new to the table. Yeah. It's also not super true to the original either. So like, like it kind of hits, it gets close on both marks, but doesn't quite hit it. Yeah. Uh, I'm still going to watch the second half when it comes out. Well, then that leads me to, to my next point. Do you think the second part's going to come out? Why wouldn't it? Like they made it sound like it was done already. I don't know what the fuck they're waiting for now. See, that's just it. Like that, that's what got my wheels turning. It's like, okay, why would Netflix release this one in the middle of something that is a complete departure from it rather than just wait till the other one comes out and then drop it? Like, like. Because right now they're tainting their own their own property a little bit. I have the answer for that because they're they're not tainting their own property. They wanted to get this one out now so that they could have toys to sell before Christmas. That's why they wanted it. Um, Netflix didn't want to get this out. Mattel did because they need this out so that kids can get on it and know and get excited about. There are no children getting excited about Revelations. No, that is not the, our. They released toys and it tanked. Yeah, as far as I know, they look like shit. This is, uh, this is the, the one that they're banking on to sell new toys to actual children, not man children. And they need that out before Christmas period. And if for some reason the other one's not ready, they're not going to fucking miss out on a potential Christmas release of a toy line 
because Kevin Smith ain't ready. Okay. So see, it's, it still seems weird to me that, that, you know, like, okay. I mean, it's entirely possible that they, that Netflix and Kevin Smith's team never said anything about it, but they realized that they were going to have to drop the first half and then wait a year to drop the second half. Is it a fucking year? I don't know. No, I have no idea. Well, eat dicks if it's a year. I may well, not care at all by then. So it's it's bizarre to me that that we just have no word, and there was such a huge backlash against the first half. So what if, you know, say what if they still had a year's worth of work to do on the second part, and then after the fan backlash, the Kevin Smith controversy, all of a sudden they said like, well, fuck, we don't want to deal with this. Like we've got this other show that that is marketable because we've seen that. The fans that we're marketing to with Revelations don't like the show. They're not buying the toys. And those toys look like butt. Like, what What if they just tank it? I don't know how much money and, and work they've put into it yet. It, it would be a bummer because the, the hope of the second half is really what would save that series for me. Yeah. Is that, they're, that, it, that it could get a lot better. And it wasn't that the first one was, was bad. I enjoyed it. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I want to see he-man he-manning yeah i think i want to see, i want to see he-man and skeletor fight for fuck's sake i didn't get to see that yeah i enjoyed it more than the whiny fanboys but yeah i enjoyed it less than i wanted to yeah yeah i think that's accurate. so i mean i i would be surprised if they they canned it be, or at least with how much they made it sound like they've got done already yeah uh, and, and I and I got the impression that they kind of wanted they, that they invited controversy with the way they cut this thing. Yeah, the way the adventure was cut, like they knew they knew before they released it that they were that there was going to be fanboy backlash. Yeah, but I I think it was almost designed to invite fanboy backlash. I think more than anything, though, Kevin Smith hasn't done a great job in responding to it. Well, no, yeah. No, he hasn't. And most people don't, though. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I saw an episode, or a uh, an article with Melissa McCarthy still talking about how she doesn't understand the backlash against Ghostbusters. I'm like, oh my goodness, this again! Like, please, people, stop writing articles about this shit. I don't. <laughs> if if we don't get it now, we're never going to get it. You know, if they if they don't get, I mean, I understand that. Yes, there are those assholes that the very second they heard the cast was announced, they were against yeah. it, and fuck those guys. But once I saw a trailer, I, I felt confident in in not being a fan of the idea. No, and then once I saw the movie, you, you realized you made the right choice. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, I can't see how she has seen Ghostbusters and seen her movie and is confused why people don't like it. Truth. I mean, uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to we get. We don't into need this. to get into. Fucking... We all we all know it. We we've, we've been arguing about it for five years. But yeah, I mean. Honestly, I'd recommend people go watch the the new He-Man I'm show. Ch- I'll check it out for sure. Yeah. yeah. You you may not love it because it's definitely not your if you're old old ass men like us, you know, who had the original He-Man when we were kids, it's not that show. I mean, it's a it's a kids show, so there's only so much you can expect from the writing. You know, it's going to be written for kids, so it's pretty it's going to be simple. Yeah. It's not, you know, you're not going to expect any big twists or turns or, you know, you go into it, you know, with the expectation of what it is and, uh, you can still enjoy it. Yeah. It's just like the Ninja Turtles have gotten various iterations that aren't for me over the years, but, but it doesn't mean that they're bad quality. Um, but I think in the meantime, if I want my, my original He-Man fix, I'll go back to that 2002 series. 
Yeah. I want, I want to get that one. whole series on DVD. I was thinking that. It was real good. That might have been the pinnacle. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess speaking of questionable decisions here. <laughs> Remember we, 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 we gave our, we gave it up. I, we don't I, have to do it. I like segues. <laughs> At Nintendo Direct, Nintendo announced a, uh, you know, a Mario movie that I, th- that had already been kind of leaked that it was, that there was one in the works. Uh, but the, the big news out of it was that they had, uh, they had signed on none other than Chris Pratt to voice the titular character of Mario. Yeah, you might know Chris Pratt from his role in Parks and Recreation when he was Chris, Chris Pratt, Pratt and Guardians of the Galaxy when he was Chris Pratt <laughs> and Jurassic World when he played Chris Pratt. But he's also done voice work. You know, like he's no stranger to the animation realm. Like he played Chris Pratt in the Lego movie. And he played Chris Pratt in Onward for uh, yep. Disney. I can't remember if it was Disney or Pixar, but I think it's one in the same. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Two balls hanging under the same dick, John. <laughs> that was, uh, wow, that's, that was very, very accurate. <laughs> yeah, so how do you feel about this casting news, Ben? Uh, I think confused is probably the, uh, the right word. Um, I mean, I'm kind of sick of Chris Pratt. And, uh, and or Ryan Reynolds being in, in everything, playing the same character. Yeah. Uh, I don't see that as a great fit for Mario. Now, it's, it's voice acting. So maybe he does a bitchin' Mario impression. Who knows? I mean, it's possible. But the part that confuses me more than anything is uh, why not have Charles Martinet do it? Yeah. He's literally been the voice of Mario for every single thing that has needed a voice for Mario since like 1992. Yeah, he is Mario. He's a talented voice actor. He's still alive. Yeah. Uh, he's still doing all of the Mario. I mean, he does Mario and Luigi and Wario and Waluigi. Like he does all of their voices. He, it's super iconic. It will sound exactly right if he does Mario in a Mario movie. I mean, other than the fact that he's not a big name. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't think you need name recognition for a Mario movie. Yeah. I think everyone already knows who the Super Mario Brothers are and the people that are fans of Mario Brothers will come see the movie. Regard Like, are they banking on getting a bunch of Chris Pratt fans who are unfamiliar with Mario? Yeah, it would, it would be like if they if they got like Robert Downey Jr. to to voice Sonic the Hedgehog, you know. And but like I mean, Ben people know Ben Schwartz's face, but to your point about Chris Pratt fans, like there were no like Ben Schwartz heads that were just like, oh fuck, Ben Schwartz, I'm gonna go see this fucking Sonic movie, whatever it is. You know, like yeah, you you really don't need a name no. as Mario. And and to be honest, I'm I'm more angry than I should be. Like, I, I mean, I can acknowledge that I'm a grown ass man and this doesn't actually matter in the long <laughs> run of things, but for some reason it is just irking the fuck out of me. Like you, I'm tired of Chris Pratt. I, I think Chris Pratt has one note, which he, which works really well for certain things, but I haven't seen him really show any range. And like Angelina was even, I, I think she just likes Chris Pratt so much. You know, he seems like such a sweet goofball that she was like trying to argue with me about it. And like. Trying to you know, say like, well, how do you know he won't knock anything? It's like, because he never has, like, he's never done anything different than, oh, who is she comparing it to? Fuck. This is bad podcasting because she tried to, she tried to bring somebody else into the mix. And I was like, no, this person has proven 
that they can play. Di- oh, it was Bradley Cooper of all things, you know, because oh, we're, yeah. we're talking about how he's how, got some range on him. Though. Yeah, he can be rocket or he can be fucking douchebag and wedding crashers. He can be the, the dude in uh, Bradley Cooper's got range. But there was a time when he didn't. But he was also fairly small at that point. Yeah. I think I'd have the same reaction if they said Tom Hanks is going to be Mario. I think I'd still react kind of the same way. It's like, yeah, Tom Hanks can play fucking anything and, and do it pretty well. Like, he's got range for days. But why are you recasting an iconic... I mean, when I first heard the news, I thought it was a live-action Mario. I didn't realize it was animated. And I was like, okay, well, you got to get someone. They're obviously not going to hire chris martinet to be yeah. the actual face of mario yeah so they've got to get they got to get an actor that can play mario and then i heard it was animated and i was like why the fuck would you do anyone other than his voice it'd be like all right guys we're making an an animated muppets movie eat shit frank oz mm-hmm. uh which i mean Wait, isn't he dead frank oz no he's alive i thought he died no, Jim Henson's dead, but oh, Frank- Jim, yeah, there was somebody else who was big in that company that died. I'm pretty sure Frank Oz is still alive because uh, I, I read something about him being a bit bitter that they don't use him for Sesame Street anymore. <laughs> you know, which and, and someone could come in and they can do they can do a great impression of these characters and it's still good. But like the guy who is the iconic voice and has been and who put all the work in to create this character is just sitting over there. Why the fuck aren't you using them? Like, what do you stand to gain? And that's what I don't understand. I don't think, you know, there's maybe there's some virulent Chris Pratt fans who will go see this movie that wouldn't have seen it otherwise. But I don't think there's very many of them, especially since he's like not going to be taking his shirt off in it. I imagine most of those fans are into that thing. You know, and maybe he's got a really, really good Mario impression that, that I just don't know about. But like, I'm afraid of him being Chris Pratt but trying to put a little like Italian accent on it. And then it just be like, I'm not one to get offended about like, you know, some racist Italian accent, but like it stirring up controversy over something like that and having a project tainted unnecessarily with something like it that. It already has. There was oh, yeah. an article in the New York post complaint with a, you know, there's a bunch of Italian Americans who are upset that they were getting a non Italian American actor to that note. Charles Martinet is a French descent like he's he's not italian either and that is the most over-the-top stereotypical italian accent you could possibly do yes yeah (laughs) so like really you're getting upset because chris pat is playing mario which is already a ridiculously over-the-top stereotype guys like if you weren't upset about mario already what the fuck difference does chris pratt make yeah i'm just kind of confused why they didn't use mario's voice for mario yeah or somebody in my opinion, better than Chris Pratt. Uh, sorry, I'm I'm not. I'm just not a fan of the guy right now. I'm I'm not interested in anything. Like he made me laugh like no other in Parks and Rec. Is Andy Dwyer? Like I I love that. I love a lot of that guy's work. But but you know I just like you said with Ryan Reynolds. I just can't. I I can't do it anymore. It's like he's been Van Wilder in every movie for the last twenty years. <laughs> Um, but, but, you know, rounding out the cast, we've got Charlie Day as Luigi. Again, why? I don't know. Why? But for some reason, I'm a little more excited about this one. I mean, I, I've been watching a bunch of Ollie Sunny lately, too. I, mean, I like Charlie Day as well, but I, I mean, what I'm getting out of this is we're going to go see a Mario movie where none of the characters sound like they're supposed to. Be, for the sole reason that they wanted to put names on the poster 
that people would recognize, which just seems, unless, unless, I guess, okay, there is the possibility that Charles Martinet is no good at acting. Maybe that's it, and I just don't know that, you know, yeah. and, and he's good at saying, like, let's go. Yeah, mamma mia. But, like, actually stringing dialogue together. Yeah. Maybe he's no good at that. I yeah, don't know. maybe he sucks. He's done a shit ton of voice acting work and and a lot of actual acting work, but nothing in anything huge. So probably not. But if that's the case, if they just don't have confidence in him to to carry a feature film, if I was him, I'd be a bit bummed. I'd be like, really, guys? Chris fucking fucking Pratt. Yeah. Like at least they could have gotten like Gary Oldman or something. You know, Daniel Day Lewis. Making his uh, his animated <laughs> debut, <laughs> uh, the ghost of Marlon Brando. So I mean, I don't know. I'm 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 interested to see what Charlie Day brings to Luigi. I think he's got a fun voice, at least you know, and and he can be expressive, if not a, a little too high pitched, uh, every once in a while. Um, we've got he's no John Leguizamo. <laughs> oh jeez! <laughs> I mean, that would have been funny if they would have gotten him. That, that would have been fun. <laughs> Uh, but we've got Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach. I mean... I have it, no idea who that is. She was the, the girl from Queen's Gambit and New Mutants. Oh, okay. And uh, the the Split and uh, Glass movies. And um, we've got Jack Black as Bowser. Oh, okay. I mean, Bowser in the games doesn't generally say much. So. Yeah. It's usually like a wah! Yeah. Um, so hopefully he doesn't go to Jack Black, because I'm not a big fan of Jack Black either. I do not like him. Um, so I'm, I'm taking it. This is going to be a comedy. I would, I would imagine so. <laughs> Cause they've got Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, which I okay, mean, interesting. Are they, uh, they're not, they're not just going to do like a wreck it Ralph, but with Nintendo properties, right? I, I have no clue. I mean, it makes sense to me that Donkey Kong would be somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, hopefully he calls Mario jump man. Um, uh, but, but you know, Seth Rogen, I love his work, but again, like, he plays Seth Rogen. Yeah. Yeah. It's just him. Which so. whatever. Like Donkey Kong hasn't had much of a voice in my mind either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've got Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. Okay. Which, sure. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm wondering if they're going to pitch his voice up or if he's, because no, like I Toad, hope, Toad has they, a high voice. I hope they don't. <laughs> I don't care about the integrity of the Toad character. I like the idea of Toad having a normal voice in that tiny little body. See, I think... I think I'm good either way because I think it'll be really funny to hear Keegan-Michael Key's normal voice in that teeny tiny body when I'm expecting a high one. But I think it would also be funny to hear Keegan-Michael Key's voice pitched up. <laughs> like, I think either one would make me laugh. Um, and then we've got Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong. Okay. Yeah. I could, yeah. yeah sure, why, not? why not? Sebastian and uh, Sebastian Maniscalco as Spike. No clue who Sebastian He's that comedian Waka Waka that is. hosted some awards show once. I don't know. Oh, I, don't, I recognize I don't know. his face. Yeah. And I'm not sure who Spike is. He it's looks one like of the Koopa kids. Yeah. He looks like a baby, little baby Koopa guy, but he definitely, do, it's not the Koopa kids of Super Mario three that I think of, or that, that TV show. So I bet the movie's going to suck anyways. Um, I don't I have, hope not. I bet it is. I, 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 Nintendo doesn't, Nintendo does a few things well and everything else very poorly. Uh, I, I don't think movie Nintendo trying to produce a movie is going to be great. Uh, you know, it'll probably be a Mario branded emoji movie is my guess. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, I've got I, very I fear low, you're right. I've got very low expectations for this actually being any good. And I don't know why these son of a bitches 
haven't gotten on a, a Zelda movie, live action or CGI. I don't give a shit. Yeah, like a yeah, a good dramatic Zelda movie. Yeah, like, not a comedy. I would almost prefer the Mario movie to not be a comedy because I I with that lineup, it's almost certainly going to be a comedy, and uh, I think it's just going to be a bunch of cheap fucking jokes, one after another. Yeah, I don't need poop jokes in my Mario movie. Well, and and, and Mario jokes that are just like the lowest of the fruit on the Mario tree to make sure that the, that all the audience gets them. Yeah. And, uh, I, I don't know. I hope they, they surprise me, but I, I don't expect they will. Well, well, oh, oops. I totally skipped over one. Kevin Michael Richardson as a uh, Kamek, which Kevin Michael Richardson, in my opinion, would made would have made a fantastic Bowser. You, you, I mean, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's been everywhere. For some reason, the, the first one that's popping in my head is he played the Joker in that The Batman series. But, uh, you know, he's definitely got one of those voices that's a, oh, geez, no, whoa, whoa, what the <laughs> fuck was that? I, uh, you know what it reminded me of? And I, I don't know if it was actually Kevin Michael Richardson, but his voice reminds me a lot of Mother Brain in the, uh, in the Captain N series. Uh, I don't think I can recall what that sounded like oh, off man. the top of my head. Maybe almost like a, uh, like a, uh, fuck, what's the name of the, the plant in Little Shop of Horrors? Like, feed me, Seymour. Like that, that okay. type of voice. So I guess, uh, in some, uh, I guess space news. I know Dan told us he liked space news yeah, and then he neglected to say anything about space forever. Uh, this one, you know, it's a bit more about, you know, billionaire space exploits again, but, uh, better ones i think yeah. so uh over the last week the uh the spacex inspiration 4 mission launched uh which was actually pretty cool it was the first fully non-professional crew to ever go into space like you know they're all civilians none of them were like there was no nasa employees or official astronauts or all it was just four people and it was all i guess funded by a billionaire of course named yeah. jared isaacman Instead of doing it as like a, here's my giant dick rocket, watch me go into pseudo space because I'm so cool. He, he, he did it as a, as a stunt to raise charity for St. Jude's Children's Hospital, yeah. which is way cooler. And they ended up raising quite a bit of money. I guess the Isaacman donated $100 million on his own. Oh, was that how much it was? Because yeah. I, I, I remember hearing an interview with him where he said like, well, it's less than $200 million. And like just very casually. And you're like, holy shit. <laughs> like that, that's a weird way to say that yeah they they raised 60 million dollars from the oh, public okay and elon musk donated 50 million for it as well so they raised you know 210 million dollars let's cure some fucking cancer or diabetes you sons of bitches yeah, that's right? a lot of fucking money yeah oh i mean saint jude's is a good charity yeah because it's children's hospital it's a children's right? hospital yeah. yeah so they help like basically any kid that has cancer or any mm -hmm. sort of big malady if people can't afford treatment you can go to st jude's and they just fucking cover it so i'm gonna put a beanie on my head and go in there and be like ah, oh, i need some treatment <laughs> no they are good folks and that is a good charity to donate stuff to but unlike the other two uh billionaires that uh launched themselves into space with quotation marks on it these guys they didn't fuck around they were up in space for three days instead of like three minutes mm-hmm and they went up to a height of uh, 366 miles, as opposed to 50. Yeah, yeah, because what that Carman line is like, what, like 62 miles or something? Yeah. Oh, shit, they were good and in space. Oh, they're well above the International Space Station. Damn! 
I'm pretty sure that's not even low Earth orbit anymore. That's just like regular Earth orbit. You know what's funny is like even the uh, like the 50 miles of the, of the not quite making it into space with the whole dick swing contest thing. Like even that's terrifying because I mean if if something goes wrong and you fall, you're dead. But for oh, some yeah. reason, like the 366 miles out there, like that that seems extra scary to me. Even though it's you're you're no more dead if things go wrong. I think you're less likely to like like your likelihood of falling and flying off into space forever are are more equal at that point. Yeah, like whoa. at fifty miles, you're more likely. You're probably you know if something goes wrong, you're gonna you're gonna die a fiery death re-entering yeah the planet. Whereas uh, that high, I don't know. You might just uh, freeze to death in the cold depth of space. <laughs> but they went up. They did some experiments. I guess you know they had like a whole bunch of you know firsts like it was like the the youngest american to ever be in space and the first person with like a prosthesis and you know they picked out first any, game of parcheesi yeah, in space any sort of trait from these people that they could and they had a whole big long list of firsts there but uh you know it was four people they went up there and uh and they came back successfully and uh i like that in the billionaire space dick measuring contest elon musk just fucking slaps these guys across the face he didn't even go like, you're like, I don't need to go. I'll send, like, these guys can go up in my real space program where we go to actual space for days. Well, yeah, because there were there was that whole thing about being the first one to go up. And then what, like, Bezos was just like, well, you only went 50 miles up. Like, we actually went past the Carmen line, which is actually space. Yeah. And they both went up there for, like, a matter of minutes. And these guys were in a capsule for three fucking days orbiting around the earth. And it had like a, like a big like hatch that they pulled off the, there's like a video of them, like pulling the hatch slowly off the top. And the guy's got the 2001 space oddity theme playing on his phone as they like slowly reveal the earth. Oh, cool. I was like, that's pretty fucking epic, man. But it's a tight little capsule. Uh, it looks like it would have been, uh, you'd have to be very cozy with these people for three days. A little claustrophobic for a three day trip. But, uh, that wouldn't stop me from fucking doing it. Yeah. I'd be all about it. So, yeah, that's cool. Take that, Dan. There's some space shit for you. No, oh, wow. Why am I getting so so, so aggressive towards the one person who calls in and defends me and uh, and calls in and suggests things? We really do need to do something spacey. Yeah. Maybe maybe a, a movie or a video game that's uh, Ker- got wait, something to do with you space. You ever played Kerbal Space Program? It's a good no. game. Yeah? Or Space Engineers? That's a good one, too. No, I've never heard of it. Oh, it's fun. You would hate both of them. Oh, okay, cool. Let's <laughs> let's get into it. Let's do it. But they're a lot of fun. Well, what else you got? Because that's all I got. I don't know. How are we doing on time? Is that is that an episode? Yeah, we're at 49 minutes. Yeah, so, fuck it. Yeah, the only other thing I had was Norm MacDonald. Oh, geez, yes. I mean, to be honest, you know, it, it happened like right when we were recording our last episode. Yeah. So it's been out. I mean, it happened two weeks ago. It happened um, like I think the day before my birthday. And, um, you know, there, I don't feel like there's anything that I can say to add to the conversation. So what I would do is if you haven't been, you know, active on the internet or like, you know, myself, like I've, I've always got a YouTube window just open and I just look at the suggestions, I would really just do a deep dive on, on all of these videos that everyone is posting about Norm McDonald. There's so much fucking Norm content oh, out God, there right now insane. because the man was brilliant. And that's what everyone's saying. And that's what everyone's showing. I, even most of, like, most comics come out and say, like, Norm MacDonald was, you know, they would look to him and be like, how does he fucking do what he does? Like, this is... Yeah. Because he, he had such a unique cadence to, to mm-hmm. him as well. Like, his delivery and his presentation of, you know, who Norm MacDonald was, 
it is very unique and hilarious. Like he plays the dumb guy a lot. And by all accounts, he was one of the, like usually one of the smartest people in the room. Yeah. And, uh, but he, he played it stupid and he did it. He did it so well. And like, he's got a lot of, a lot of off color jokes that, uh, you know, if you're, if you're really interested in not insulting people, you might, you might get offended by, but, uh, yeah, he was, I mean, cause he was definitely a conservative. He was on, he was on yep. that, on that end of the spectrum. So if you're a huge Clinton fan, oh, maybe yeah. this isn't the, con- the, the comic for you, like the Clintons and OJ, like that's what got him fired from Saturday Night Live. You know, there, there were definitely times when I was younger where I didn't get it. Like when he was yeah, on oh, weekend yeah. update when I was a kid and he'd like sit there and pause and just wait until people started laughing and cheering because they didn't get it either. Like, I realize now looking back and like hearing all, all of his contemporaries talking about him, like that was 100% on purpose. Oh yeah. yeah and like his, uh, his performance at the, the Bob Saget, uh, comedy central roast. Like I remember watching it and just being like, what the fuck are you doing, Norm? And like, I, I, I remember at the moment seeing like Gilbert Godfrey just, just like about to explode from all the laughter and, and like, I get it now looking back and just being like, you know, hearing stories that like producers told him to be raunchy, like to just go out there and be vicious and raunchy. And it was half like, well, I don't want to do that to my friend, Bob Saget. And then half like, fuck you, you're not going to tell me what to do. So he's just telling the the oldest, cheesiest jokes from from a 1940s joke book he possibly can. He was very much a punk rock comic. Yeah. Like, he did not give a fuck what you wanted him to do or what you wanted him to say. He always said what he wanted to say. And, uh, like, when he, after he got fired from SNL, he came back, like, a year later and hosted the show. And his monologue at the beginning was basically like, oh, I don't know if you guys know, like I got, I got fired from this show and they told me I wasn't funny. So like in, in the la- over the last year, either one of two things happened. I got funny somehow, or this show sucks. <laughs> like, I was like, all right, show, folks, we got a really terrible show for you tonight. <laughs> he, just, he gave no fucks what, like, but when they fired him, like they told him like, stop making OJ jokes. Yeah. And he just like doubled his OJ joke content. Yep. I watched like an like an eighteen minute uh, supercut of Clinton jokes the other night. It's fucking brilliant. I I watched him on the View oh, go on man. and then like one of his many <laughs> View ones, but like this one where he just goes on and starts talking about Clinton being a murderer and holy Pissing shit, Barbara Walters. Off. Oh, and uh, what's her ass, the redhead that stayed Jody Behar, you know, like turbo liberal, and wow, like it is. Oh, it's it's magic like it's it's a real shame that this kind of love and exposure didn't happen when he was alive you know like yeah. like norm mcdonald was always sort of a background player you know like he was he was never main stage did, did you did you ever watch his podcast uh, his video on the video podcast network that he had the norm Mac, i think it was just like the norm mcdonald show or something no i've seen clips from it but but i never i didn't watch it with any regularity oh, it's one of the funniest fucking things i've ever heard uh, i was listening to it i was like like going through the whole podcast a while back uh before he signed on with netflix but when he signed on with netflix for the norm mcdonald show part of his contract had them remove all of those podcasts from the internet oh i i think the netflix show is the one that i'm thinking of then, yeah. where he's at the desk with people same the other show is the same thing oh okay they, except they picked it up and then told him you can't do anything funny and it kind of fucked it like like because his other podcast show, like one of his big shticks that I thought was hilarious, would he he would have these just awful, 
awful jokes. Like bad jokes or offensive jokes? Both. Okay. But he'd have just this deck of them and like whoever, whatever guest he had on or, or to Adam Egget, his co-host, he would just like hand him a joke. He'd be like, all right, we're going to do jokes now. And like, all right, here, here, read this one and just hand him a joke. And it'd be like a Holocaust joke or something. And they'd just be like, whoa. I, I they, do remember that seeing a couple episodes where, where they, they, they were just trying to make a huge like running gag about how racist Adam is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so oh. he'd hand him like a Holocaust joke and they'd be like, this guy is a Holocaust denier. And he'd just start trying to bust his balls over it. And, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's funny. I like it. Yeah. It's, it's wild that he was suffering from cancer for nine years and, and nobody, nobody knew. knew. Yeah. On, on YouTube, there's a good cha- like there's a channel that I that I've watched for a few years on and off. It's called I'm Not Norm. Yep, and love it. Is I, I think it's there's like in the middle of the videos a lot of times there's cuts of like a lady with like a bunch of different Norm McDonald shirts. Yeah, merch. So I'm assuming she's just like a Norm McDonald super fan because her that channel's been around for years. Yeah, and uh, it's just got tons of cuts of his fucking bits because he's one of those guys who like any one of his late night appearances or like any talk show that he's on worth watching. Yeah. Conan he, and Letterman. Cause he's like, like the, fucking hilarious. There are so many. I mean, there's of course, like probably the most famous clip is the one when he was on there with a uh, Courtney Thorne Smith on Conan, when they were talking about oh, chairman yeah. of the board with, uh, with carrot top like that, that segment is so fucking brilliant. I won't even talk about it because go, go watch it if you haven't already, but like, it, it's just, it shows how funny he is in the moment. Like none of that was yeah. written. Yeah, and, well, yeah uh, he'll come on tell like a big story. Like oh, it's geez. a joke, the but it's moth like, joke. Yeah, but it's like a story from his perspective. You know, like something that he was saying. Like the the one with the uh, the Polish sausage joke. I don't know if you've seen that one. It's I don't think good. I have. No one can do the, those jokes like he could do those jokes. Yeah, and they're when fucking he, funny. He'd do it on purpose. Like like if he knew he had a certain amount of time, like he'd waste time on purpose just for fun. But with the moth joke, apparently. Um, apparently that was somebody else's joke, but that's beside the point. Like he was on Conan and he was on there for one segment. I I heard this on Conan and when they went to break, all of a sudden they're just like, oh shit. Like, Hey Norm, we need you for another segment. He's like, I don't have anything prepared for that. So he took this moth joke he heard from another comedian and just spun it into like a five, six, seven minute story of a joke. (laughs) And that, and that became the entire segment. Yeah, man was, I'm. He was a genius and I'm, uh, like a comic genius Yeah, and I'm, I'm bummed. I never got to see him live. Like he was on my list of like, if he comes around, I'm going to go see him, but I never noticed him. Like I never got word of it. So I never went and did it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I will fully admit to being one of those people that didn't appreciate his genius. You know, like, like I've, I've always liked his stuff, but I didn't realize until all of this love and all, all of these, uh, these other comedians, you know, their analysis of him and his act and what he did, you know, truly made me appreciate just how brilliant he was. You know, I didn't, I didn't have that appreciation before. I knew he was funny. I enjoyed his weekend update. His fucking OJ jokes are the best, which speaking of which, man, I watched a little infographics uh, show on YouTube and, uh, holy fuck, man. Like they were talking about the OJ trial. I think maybe just because we were kids at the time and I wasn't paying attention and I never went back to, to really check it out. Like, holy fuck, like there's a reason why people are so convinced that OJ was guilty. Like there's a fuck ton of evidence that oh, like, yeah. it's like, yeah. holy shit, like that guy is absolutely fucking guilty. Are you kidding me? He, he literally wrote a book yeah. called <laughs> If I Did It, Yeah, where he would, de- he detailed exactly how it would have happened if, if he, he did, did it. Like, Jesus Christ, man. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, it's, that is 
wild. But uh, that's that's beside the point. R.I.P. Norm Macdonald. You're, uh, yeah, one of a kind for sure. I mean, to this day, anytime anybody asks, like, what day it is, I say October. <laughs> um, all right, John. Uh, recommendations. I think it's time. Yeah. Uh, just a second ago when I when I was talking about something, I, I, I thought about recommending it, and, uh, or maybe I did say recommend it, and I was like, oh, fuck, we have recommendations. And I totally spaced on it. You could recommend the same thing you recommended on the Grand Rapidians show. <laughs> Our it, show will be out first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I will. Um, I'm going to go ahead and recommend uh, the podcast with Gorley and Rust. I know I've talked about it on this show before. It sort of spun out of James Bonding. You know, it's got Matt Gorley and Paul Rust. And they talk about horror movies. And they take on, uh, for each season, they take on a different franchise. They started with... Friday the 13th, then they did Halloween, The Nightmare on Elm Street, then they did a series of one-offs, and then they just finished up their shark season, and it's really entertaining. They're about to go on a little bit of a hiatus, because, or, you know, for, I don't know, a month or so, um, because Gorley's about to have a kid, so congrats um, to them, because I'm sure they listen, uh, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm on their Patreon, they're going to be dropping uh, commentaries and other content even in the meantime, uh, I suggest you do the same. It is a very entertaining show. And, uh, yeah. Also, oh shit, that's right. I totally forgot this was going to be a recommendation. Um, speaking of Gorley and James Bonding, um, this last week, a new episode of James Bonding went ahead and dropped. It's uh, getting prepared for No Time to Die. And um, it was so wonderful to hear Matt Gorley and Matt Myra together again and listen to their love for James Bond. Is it going to go on long break again because Matt Gorley's having a kid? Yeah, I mean, I mean, they, their their drops are going to be more sporadic. They're not they're not even sure like how they're going to structure the release, but they are going to be talking about James Bond since all of this is uh, coming out, since the movie is finally coming out. Regular listeners of the show have heard me talk about James Bonding before, so they know of my love for it. But like, as I was listening to it, like it took me back to before we had a podcast when I was listening to James Bonding and it's no, um, that's what I'm saying. It's no, it's no exaggeration to say that James Bonding was a humongous influence on me getting into podcasting. Like the, the rapport the two of them have, the love they have for the thing they're talking about. Like that really was like the genesis, you know, the seed of, in my head, what, what became Geek Exploration, the podcast, because you and I would sit around and talk passionately and, and lovingly about these things. So I was like, you know what, let's, I enjoy listening to people do that. Maybe somebody will enjoy listening to us do that. So let's fucking do that. And it was definitely the impetus because when you said that to me, I was like, who the hell would enjoy wanting, enjoy listening to people do that? Cause I'd never listened to any podcast that were even remotely like that. I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> I like doing it, so I'll come along for the ride. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's my recommendations. What about you? All right, so mine comes from a, a unique place. Ooh. Uh, something that the is... The back of a Volkswagen? Something that has never uh, happened, I don't think, up until this point. My daughter got me into a band that I hadn't heard of. Fuck off. I'm taking my headphones off. I'm not listening to this. You can finish this show by yourself. That's it. Wow. <laughs> um, but no, but she... Uh, I wanted a nice loud slam. But no, she was listening to her generally, you know, bad to okay, mediocre music uh, on the, like the, the Google Home speaker in the house. And, and uh, you know, a song came on and, uh, and I was like, man, 
I'm like, this is pretty good. And uh, like, uh, and I, I was talking to her, I was like, hey, this reminds me a lot of Devo. And I'm going to, to yeah, yeah, talk about this band a bit in, uh, ter- in relation to other bands, which I, I don't like doing, but it's really the best way to explain something. But uh, the band was called Lemon Demon. It's a one-man operation. And who's been around since like 2002, and I think his last album came out in um, 2016. So it's not super new, but it's pretty new for me. But a guy named uh, Neil Sicierga, I think is how you say it. No. But uh, man, like I was listening to the song, I was like, "This is so Devo esque." And I'll, and I was talking with my daughter, and she likes it. So I was like, "Hey, have you you know have you listened to Devo? You know, I mean, like the, if you like this, you might like Devo." Uh, she, of course, she didn't because yeah. I don't like Devo, <laughs> <and it's turd. laughs> but uh, the like the album that was off of called Spirit Phone, his last one, it's fucking banging. Like I was like, "Okay, I like this song," and then I heard another one by him, and I was like, "All right, I like that one too. I'm gonna go check these guys out." And did like a, a deep dive through a bunch of their albums or his albums. It's one guy. And, uh, man, the, it, it's good. Like the, the, the later stuff sounds, has a very Devo-esque sound. He, his, his voice is less Mark Mothersbaugh and more like Danny Elfman. Oh, okay. The way he sings. Uh, and, uh, like their earlier stuff reminds me more of like, they might be giants. Hmm. And these are all people that I love. Yeah. And so it's all pretty damn good. Like the later stuff is definitely the bester stuff for me. Like I, I, I like the way uh, that that's stuff I really get into, but, and I might've heard something of this band at one point, cause they did a song called uh, the ultimate Show- showdown of ultimate destiny back in like 2004. And it had like a flash animation on the internet. Cause that's what the internet had back then. Mm-hmm. Basically where it's got like, you know, Batman fighting, Godzilla and Abraham Lincoln and like just a, a huge smattering of of pop culture icons in a battle against each other. That's pretty good, but it's and it sounds completely different than everything else he's ever done. It's really kind of do, almost doesn't fit with what he's got going on on everything else, but uh it's pretty good too. Yeah. But uh the later stuff like the 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 song that got me into it was one called Cabinet Man and it's about a sentient arcade cabinet. Okay. And, uh, I like the content. Yeah. I, it's the first time my daughter's gotten me into a band. Uh, that's weird. Which is weird. Yeah. Because usually like I try and get her the other. I should have just been like, this is garbage. Fuck you. Yeah. Because that's what's stupid. <laughs> this is dumb. Oh, I don't like it at all. This guy's annoying. Give her a taste of her own medicine. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I've been telling her for years that most of her music is not very good. So it, it's cool that we can share this one. <laughs> Recently, I walked in. She was listening to like some hardcore music. Like she used to just fucking deride me all the time for listening to metal. And like, I walked in the other day and she was listening, like she was sitting on the couch and there was some, you know, some heavy metal playing on the speaker. And I was like, is it like, did this just morph into something? Like, no. Did I do that? No, she started jamming. She'll never give me any credit for it. I guarantee you that. She probably <laughs> met someone at school that's into it. And, uh, and, and that's why she likes it. Or she has a boyfriend now, so maybe her boyfriend's- What? Like, I don't know, yeah. Well, did I, I think I just peeked the shit out <laughs> of that. Probably. <laughs> no, no, you can't be old enough to have a kid that has a boyfriend. Uh, yeah, I, I am. Uh. So I, I figure we'll have him over at some point. I'll be cleaning my shotgun, and then uh, we'll take them, maybe we'll take them to a movie, and we'll sit right behind them, and I'll kick their seat every time they get too close or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just be a real, real dick. I'll, I'll get up to go to the bathroom and like dump my soda on accident. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, check Lemon Demon out. Uh, it's good. I like it. All right. Well, thank you folks for coming out to uh, to hang out with us today. 
send us a message at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. Uh, you can find us on the social medias, Facebook, Geeksploration, the podcast page, Instagram, Geeksploration Podcast, Twitter, Pod, or you can call us up uh, like people have started doing lately. We want more, more. Uh, 916 orc turd that is 916 o-r-c-t-u-r-d let us know what you think about anything you want but especially adam's family we are starting off our uh, spooky halloween month uh next week uh with the adam's family we're going to be talking all about that so let us know what you love hate what's your favorite least favorite or otherwise which one of the adam's family members you had a crush on when you were a kid mm-hmm so do it. We all know it was Pugsley. <laughs> yeah, and uh, also I've 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 gone through and set it up. Uh, we have a Discord now. Like we've had one for a while, but we weren't uh, telling anyone about it. So right now it's just fairly empty with me posting memes and a few other things on it occasionally. Um, but uh, I'd like to get all of you Geek Explorer knots on there as well, where you could come and you know post stuff and talk with each other people that enjoy the show and. Tell us we're wrong there if you'd like as well. Uh, the link is in the show notes. I think I'm going to add it to the Twitter as well. So uh, come one, come all. Uh, and if you enjoy the show, give us a, a review on Apple Podcast or Podchaser. We've got swag at shop.geeksplorationpodcast.com. Yep. Yep, that's the you address. Got it. And, uh, oh, yeah, one other thing. Space Oddities Issue 2 Kickstarter will be launching in November. So we apologize, but you're going to hear a lot more about that shit in the next few months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you want to uh, if you want to be notified when that comes out, go, ch- go to uh, spaceoddiescomic.com. There's a spot where you could put an email in or uh, just keep listening. We'll tell you all about it, I promise. The theme song is Celebration by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, Geek Explorers. My name is Jeremy, and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind, a site dedicated to all things geeky, from video games to anime, D&D, board games, comics, and more. Since 2015, we've worked to provide fresh geek content and reviews weekly. A big part of our content expansion has been the creation of our very own podcast network, of which this very show has become a part of. If you're listening to this, chances are you need no introduction to the awesome commentary that John and Ben are serving up weekly on everything from Saturday morning cartoons nostalgia to recapping Disney's latest crazy announcements and much more. However, if you're looking for more podcasts to fill your commute, or maybe you have a new working from home arrangement, we've got a few other shows to spotlight that would be a great addition to any geek's media menu. First, there's Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a fantastic series that spotlights anime and manga, new and old. On Mondays, they review more recent releases, while Fridays are reserved for older titles. Anime not really your thing? How about comic books? Join Lance and Chris over at Comic Book Keepers as they discuss comic books, heroes, and their impact on our lives. Maybe you're a big Dungeons & Dragons fan. Well, I would invite you to join the Knights of the Rolled Table, a comedic and family-friendly audio drama featuring a cast of improv actors bringing their unique flair to D&D. Whatever your geeky interests, chances are we've got a podcast for you, and we're excited to offer convention access, giveaway content, and more as part of our partnership with Geek Exploration in the future. See you out in the Geekosphere.